Today's scripture reading comes from Psalm 119, verses 97 through 104. Listen now for the word of the Lord. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning and welcome. Um, before I begin, I just want to pass on uh, one piece of uh, news. Many of you know already, uh, but I want to let you know in case you don't that um, Ben Cho's mother passed away this uh, Monday. And so if you haven't already, uh, I know they would Huey and his family would appreciate uh, you reaching out to him. Uh, please pray with me. Lord, we thank you uh, for this day. Uh, we thank you that we can gather in your name. Now, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. We are currently in a series of sermons which I've entitled, Less Fun, More Joy. My hope is that during this season of quarantine and remote learning and working from home, that though there may be less fun in our lives, that our joy may increase and be made full. In the first sermon, I said that the key to joy is to abide in Christ, that unless we are connected to Jesus, there can be no life and no fullness of joy in any Christian sense. Last week, I said that one of the ways that we can abide in him is to abide in his word. To know Christ is to know his word. And we can get a grip on the word of God, on the whole word of God, or perhaps the word of God can get a grip on us as we engage with the word through a variety of ways, through hearing of the word, through reading, through studying, through memorizing and meditating. And I said that as we do that, we want to apply God's word for us by looking for a speck, asking ourselves these questions. Is there a sin to avoid? Is there any promise to claim? Is there any example to follow? Is there any command to obey? And is there any knowledge to remember? And so as we engage with God's word, we can ask these simple questions to look for a speck. You don't have to find some brilliant, never before seen in 2000 years of church history, some kind of insight, something small, something ordinary, just a mustard seed. That's all you need to grow. And you can focus on that small speck of God's word by memorizing and meditating on it. The reading today comes from Psalm 119. It's the longest chapter in the entire Bible, 
It has 176 verses. You may be aware that it is written as an acrostic or an alphabet poem. There are 22 stanzas with eight verses each. So that's 22 times eight, which equals 176. That's the number of verses. The reason that there are 22 stanzas is that there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. It's not obvious in the English translations, but each of the eight verses in each of those stanzas start with the same letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So the first eight verses all start with the letter Aleph or the letter A, and then verses nine through 16 all start with the letter B or Beit, and so on all the way until you get to Z or Tav in the Hebrew. More importantly, the Psalm has a singular focus and that is the word of God. The Psalmist for 176 verses describes God's word using eight different synonyms for God's word. Which it's translated by a variety of words in English depending on your translation of the Bible. For example, these words include commandments, decrees, instructions, judgments, law, ordinances, paths, precepts, teachings, regulations, rules, testimonies, ways, words, and so on. There are other words that are used as well. It is as if the psalmist is telling us that every letter of God's word, that every letter is God's word, and that every verse wants to participate in proclaiming the value of God's word. And in the reading today, the psalmist declares, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. It is my meditation all the day. This is someone who is immersed in God's word. This is someone who really loves God's word. It's a reminder of how the book of Psalms starts. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, the word of the Lord. And on his law, upon God's word, he meditates day and night. It is my meditation all the day. He is blessed because he loves God's word and it's upon God's word that he meditates all the time. Blessing and meditation are intimately linked. And if we want to abide in Christ, if we want to abide upon his words, then we have to meditate upon those words. Now, if you're like me, when you hear the word meditation, you probably imagine someone sitting in a lotus position, trying to be silent and emptying their minds of all thought. But that is not actually what Christian meditation is. In fact, it's just the opposite. There are primarily two Hebrew words that gets translated as meditate, and both of them carry this idea of utterance or muttering. It's like talking to yourself. It's not about being silent. It's not about trying to escape. It's not about trying to empty your mind, but rather it's the opposite. Meditation is to fill your mind, to refill your mind, to recall, to more deeply remember. To meditate is to immerse yourself thoroughly with God and God's word. It's to repeatedly and constantly mull it over in your mind throughout the day. 
to have God's word with you in your mind and upon your heart all the time. The Bible says in Proverbs 7, keep my commands, keep my words, and you will live. Guard my teachings, my words, as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Write them on the tablets of your heart. Get them into your life. Memorize and meditate upon God's word. And when you do that, you will discover it has all sorts of benefits, that it will transform your life from the inside out. Meditating upon God's word, memorizing uh, uh, God's word, will have all sorts of benefits, and two are highlighted in today's reading. First, the psalmist says you have more understanding, more wisdom. You'll be wiser than your enemies. You have more understanding than your teachers, and even more understanding than the aged. In a culture that is especially, uh, who place the value on those with experience and the wisdom of their elders, this is an incredible statement. But this is what God's word can do for you in your life. It can give you the kind of wisdom and understanding that is beyond your years. God's word can help you make good and faithful, loving decisions. Psalm 119, 105 says that God's word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. We all face situations and problems where we may not know what to do. You can face decisions about jobs, about your children, about school, and you're just not sure what to do. But if you have God's word in your heart, God can speak to you and shed light on your situation. And it's not just for yourself. Wisdom that comes from God can help others. There will be times when people in your life are struggling, when they will need your counsel or your comfort, and you can offer them a word from God that will encourage them, that will strengthen them. As Proverbs 25 says, like apples of gold in settings of silver is a word spoken in the right circumstances. And those are the words of God. So God's word can help us to have understanding and wisdom. And secondly, the psalmist says, God's word will keep you from sin and lead you toward purity and holiness. He writes, I hold back my feet from every way. I do not turn aside from your rules, and I hate every false way. Earlier in the psalm, he had written, how can young people keep their way pure? By guarding it according to God's word. I've stored up your word in my heart. I've memorized it that I might not sin against you. So God's word can help us to overcome sin in our lives. Even Jesus needed God's word to defend himself against the temptations of the devil. Jesus was able to quote the scriptures because he had memorized and meditated upon them. And we can do the same when we face our trials and temptations. So if you're going to abide in Christ, if you are going to abide in God's word, if you are to experience life and the fullness of joy, if you are going to grow in wisdom and purity, you have to memorize and meditate upon God's word. And I think that one of the best illustrations of how we can do this is given here in verse 103. He writes, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. 
a month ago, you may recall that in my sermon on the second letter of John, I mentioned that my first Sunday school teacher, Mr. Schilke, um, taught me three things that I still remember to this day. And that one of those three lessons involved fig newtons, which I said I would tell you about some other time. Well, today's that other time. Some of you may not know what fig newtons are. So here's what I'm talking about. These are fig newtons, in case you don't know what they are. So when I was in grade school, Mr. Schilke brought in some fig newtons to class, our Sunday school class, and he was trying to make a connection with the goodness of God with something that was tasty. He wanted us to literally taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalm 34, 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So he wanted to connect this verse with something tasty, and so he brought in fig newtons. So he put the fig newtons on the table, and we were supposed to say uh, the verse out loud, Psalm 34, 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And then we would grab a fig newton, and we would eat it. One of my friends really got into it. He loved fig newtons, and so he would just do it over and over and over again. And I don't know how many he ate, but he ate a lot of them. Unfortunately for me, I didn't really like that. In fact, I had never tasted one until that day, and I don't think I've had one since. So I didn't really taste and see that the Lord is good. I mean, the Lord might be good, but I couldn't connect it with the fig newtons. And yet the fact that this lesson has stuck with me nearly four decades later tells me something. I understand now that what he tried to do was to make concrete and tangible the goodness of God by associating it with something tasty so that we might literally taste the goodness of the Lord, to taste that the Lord is good. Now, the Psalms, of course, are poetry, and we don't need to read this so uh, literally, but we should not dismiss this kind of verse as merely symbolic. In ancient Jewish culture, for example, when boys were learning the alphabet, sometimes the letters would be written on a slate with honey and flour. So if the student learned their letters well, they would be allowed to lift the letter off the slate as a reward. They would literally be tasting the sweetness of the word. We also have examples in the Bible of people who ate God's word. The prophet Jeremiah, for example, in Jeremiah 15, your words were found and I ate them and your words became to me a joy and a delight of my heart for I'm called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. He experienced the joy, the sweetness of God's word. He understood, as the psalmist said, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Similarly, the prophet Ezekiel was also commanded by God to fill his belly with the scroll of God's word. Then Ezekiel ate it, and he tells us that it was as sweet as honey. And lastly, in the book of Revelation, before the final trumpet is blown, John is commanded to eat a little scroll. And he is told that it will be sweet as honey in his mouth, but that it will make his stomach bitter. And that is exactly what he experiences. They all experience the sweetness of the word of God. This is an echo not only of today's reading in verse 103, but of Psalm 1910, 
more to be desired are God's words, more than gold, even more than fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. God's word is as sweet or sweeter than honey. Most of you probably don't eat a lot of honey anymore or fig newtons, but perhaps there are things that are sweet, that are tasty, that we can associate with God's word so we can incarnate, make real and tangible the sweetness of God's word. Naturally, as I was thinking about this, about memorizing and meditating upon God's word, M&Ms came to mind. Just so that we're clear, I do not have a side job, a side job uh, with this company. I learned that the letters M&M stand for Mars and Murray, the last names of the two men who came up with the treat. Uh, Billy Kim, I'm talking to you. Uh, please don't tell the company. But instead of Mars and Murray, I'd like for us to think of the letters as memorize and meditate instead. Meditate. Uh, memorize and meditate. I want to tell you that I had a little thrill um, in preparing today's message. On Tuesday, I started reading through Psalm 119, and I was trying to decide which of the 22 stanzas to preach from. I initially thought I'd preach from the second one, verses 9 through 16, because it's probably the best known uh, section of the psalm. I also thought about preaching from verses 105 to 112 because it has the familiar uh, sentence, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And I thought then, you know, uh, some of us older folks could sing along with Amy Grant's song, Thy Word. But eventually I settled on today's verses because verse 97, which contains the word meditation and also verse 103 which talks about eating God's word, which I wanted to explore. Well, I started studying this page, uh, this, this uh, passage on my Bible program on my laptop. And my laptop, the, the program on my laptop does not have all of the usual Bible headings. And so when I then went to my regular Bible, I got a little surprised because I realized that this these verses that I've chosen is the 13th of the 22 stanzas. So if you have your Bibles and you're looking at them, you will likely see that verses 97 through 103 fall under the heading of the 13th letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which just happens to be the letter main or the English equivalent, the letter M. It's another M. Okay, and here's what it looks like in the Hebrew. You have to read the Hebrew from right to left. I know it looks like gibberish to those of you uh, who don't know this. But uh, if we go to the next slide, you can see that each verse starts with the letter M. You see the letter M? That's what it looks like. It looks a, to me, it looks like a fat mouse. Isn't this kind of cool? I'm thinking about M&M, memorizing and meditating, and it just happens that the stanza I'm working on also starts with the letter M, which, by the way, looks like a fat mouse, another M word. 
Um, you know, when, when all that kind of came together, I gave my Bible a little fist bump because it seemed like God was giving me a little wink. And then I thought that a string of M's, eight M's, makes the sound, mmm, something tasty, like God's word, something sweet. So all the M's came together for me this week. And so maybe this is something that can help you as you memorize and meditate upon God's word. You don't have to know a lot. You can just memorize on a tiny little snippet, a little speck. Maybe something that Pastor Dohi shared with us today, to give thanks for everything. Maybe that's what you meditate on all week. Or maybe you go back to Psalm 34, 8, like I did. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Maybe just mull that over in your mind all week. And then as you do that, eat something that's sweet to help lock that in. M&Ms, for example. Get some M&Ms, and after you say, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, you eat some M&Ms. Mmm. So good. You don't like the regular ones? You can get the peanut ones. These are my favorites. Or you can get some of these new ones with caramel in them. Again, I do not. <coughs> I don't work for the company. Just <coughs> ate them too fast. <coughs> um, so you can eat as you memorize and as you meditate upon God's word. Now, I don't want you to go out to the stores to buy M&Ms uh, in this season, nor am I suggesting that you eat more chocolates. Though if you're packing on that quarantine 15, maybe you can make some good use out of it. If chocolate is not your thing, you can eat something else that starts with the letter M. For example, the apostle Peter says in 1 Peter 2, like newborn infants, Long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. If you like milk, you can meditate upon God's word and then you can drink some milk. Or as the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3, I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. He wanted the Corinthians to be mature, to be able to eat solid food as adults and not just milk like babies do. Similarly, the writer of Hebrews writes <clears throat> in chapter five, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. So if you like milk, drink it for purity. Or if you don't like milk, then eat some solid food like meat. Both start with the letter M. Maybe you can eat them together, milk and meat. Memorize and meditate for purity and maturity. If milk and meat are not your thing, you can get creative and find foods around the house that begin with the letter M and combine them. For example, you could combine mocha and marshmallows, melons, mandarins, and mango, Mushrooms and meatloaf, meatballs and mussels, 
miso soup and minestrone soup, macadamia nuts and mozzarella sticks, Milky Way chocolate bars and mint chocolate chip ice cream, which is the favorite of Jossie, who, by the way, is celebrating her birthday today along with uh, Sammy. Happy birthday, guys. Mac and cheese and mackerel, mushu chicken and Merlot. I know that everything I just said sounds like terrible combinations, but I'm sure you can come up with something more appetizing. I know that many of you are cooking and baking more and experimenting with new foods and recipes. So maybe you can come up with new foods and new combinations of foods starting with the letter M. And anytime you come across a food that starts with the letter M or something that's tasty that makes you go, mmm, you can memorize and meditate upon God's word. Remember that God's word is good, that it is sweeter than honey. The adage that you are what you eat is true in the spiritual realm. Eat the word, savor it, let it nourish you, let it become a part of you. Make it real, concretize and incarnate God's word, memorize and meditate. Let it be inside of you, in your heart and in your mind so that it will deal with you and form a new life in you that is in line with what God wants for you and for the world. Let the words of Christ dwell richly in you. Well, taste and see that the Lord is good. Let's pray together. Lord, we want to be able to proclaim, <clears throat> as the psalmist did, oh, how I love your word. It is my meditation all the day. How sweet are your words to my taste. Sweeter than honey, sweeter than fig, <coughs> fig newtons and eminence. Help us to be mindful of a particular word this week and let it guide us, give us wisdom, keep us from sin. And may it be a source of delight and bring fullness of joy. Pray together now the prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.